And grace and peace, family. My name is Leslie Redman. I am the founder and host of Don't Complain, Activate, also known as DCA. The idea behind DCA is that you don't have to be President Barack Obama or Beyonce Nose Carter in order to activate your community. You could be a teacher, a janitor, a mother, You could be like myself, an activist and lawyer. You can be like our guest this morning, Sycamore, who is a senior executive, a A A&R and creative director at Interscope Records, in addition to being a photographer, teaching masterclass, and so much more. But that's more than enough for me. Let's talk to the man of the hour. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning, Sycamore. How are you doing today? Great. Sycamore, one could assume in your position, your power roles, different ways that you are activating the community. But can you tell us in your own words how you are activating the community? Thank you. Sycamore, are there any additional ways that you are looking to activate the community in the future? One of the things when I first met Sycamore last night at the high school for recording arts for the performances, he was very well versed. You were very well versed. Um, One of the things, Sycamore, that stood out to me last night was when we were at the high school for recording arts and I met you, you were very well informed about Minnesota and it having some of the worst racial disparities in the nation, specifically fourth right now. We've been as high as third and second and for me and I think for young people listening it'll be beneficial to know how do you manage being an executive teaching master classes um, photography all the various things you do in addition to your personal life how do you make time to stay well versed in politics and the world around you and how important are those issues to you Last night, you mentioned immigration and education being very important to you. Um, or do I want to go straight into? I remember doing a speech a couple years back to students at my high school during their graduation, and my whole foundation was around. We focus a lot of attention on our successes, but in reality for me, after much reflection, I realized that my adversities have been my guiding light and my struggles, my sacrifice, the tears, the prayers that so many people don't get an opportunity to see. And so I could imagine that as you were coming up and receiving your position today and all the things that you've been able to accomplish that you've had adversities as well and so if you could tell us about maybe one of those adversities that stand out and how you were able to overcome it again last night at the high school for recording arts there were a number of students performing do you have any advice for young performers, future executives, photographers, business people, just young people in general, as they are on this road to success? So 
Sycamore, I think that most minds would agree that you are extremely successful, but how do you define success and what has helped you to form that? Great. So, Sycamore, I saw one of your previous interviews and you talked about you think between the ages of 11 and 21 are very critical and it's important for us to read a lot and to help foster our ideas and what we're putting into our minds. If there were two books that really activated you among all the various books that you've read, what would those two books be? Now, similar to the books, I noticed that there were several different people in your life that were acted as activators and mentors to you and helping to really activate you and telling you what an A&R was and when you were selling mixtapes, how you, you know, started off making very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, that you would, um, make customized mixtapes but then someone told you maybe you should you know um make one and and sell them all across the city how do you decide and how did you decide which advice to take and which advice to leave on the table because for young people especially now with social media they have people saying any and everything to them how do you discern between valuable information and information that should be left where it was given Great. And then for young people that are looking for mentors, do you have any suggestions and recommendations on how to search for or approach people that we look at as activators who are very busy people um, to mentor us? Sycamore, what are two of the most pressing issues right now that you are concerned about? On Sycamore, I am very thankful and very honored that you came to talk to me today on Don't Complain, Activate. And I just want to let somebody that's listening know that you only get in life what you ask for. And Sycamore was very gracious when I asked him last night to be a part of my podcast and Sycamore was one of those people that gave me good advice and saying, well, you know, let's do it tomorrow morning while I'm here. Like time is of the essence. And I 
had a couple reasons in my brain of like, wow, I didn't want to do the podcast first thing in the morning because I could be a little bit of a perfectionist. Um, but Sycamore really reminded me and I think helped to push me to seize the moment and why preparation is so important. And when preparation meets opportunity, you need to take your opportunity because it might not knock again. There was by God's grace that I met Sycamore yesterday and even greater grace that he was so nice and willing to do the interview with me and so I just wanted to share that word with some young person that may be listening or it could be an older person that's listening that really just needs to make the eggs and take advantage of the opportunity and so last but certainly not least I just want to remind you all to activate the community in one way or another there are so many ways to activate the community again you do not have to be Barack Obama or Beyonce knows Carter in order to activate your community you could be a maid you could be a senior executive you can be a astronaut you could be an activist and so I just want to remind you all to don't complain, activate. Grace and peace. Grace and peace, family. My name is Leslie Redman. I am the founder and host of Don't Complain, Activate, also known as DCA. The idea behind DCA is that you don't have to be President Barack Obama or Beyonce Knowles in order to activate your community. You could be a teacher, janitor, astronaut. You can be like me, an activist and lawyer, or you could be like our guest today, Sycamore, who is a senior executive. He is A&R, creative director at Interscope Records. Sycamore, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Of course, it's my pleasure to be with the DCA. Perfect. So how are you activating the community? One could assume of all the ways that you're activating the community in your various capacities, but how would you say in your own words, how are you activating the community? Uh, in my own words, I feel like I'm activating the community by teaching. Mm. You know, uh, one of my things I like to do is give back, and I, I really go out my way to go and talk to different schools and students and Showing them a different way of one creative process and two how to live life as a creative mm-hmm. and how I like to make money off that. You know, I think a lot of times people, when you're growing up, you tell your parents you want to do like being a creative to me wasn't even a thing like 10 years ago. Right. It was like it was a certain job. So when I was growing up, I grew up from immigrant parents. Mm-hmm. And when you grow up from immigrant parents, most parents they want to hear you doing a job. They're like it's a lawyer, a doctor, something that's tangible. They can look up, see how much you're gonna make. In this new economy, you know, there's multi-hyphenates, people are different slashes, you can do different things. So I just want to show people how to navigate that world and show that all the paths are a little bit different. So, you know, I've been speaking at different schools, uh, you know, high schools and colleges across the country. I've spoken at uh, HSRA. Yes. I've spoken at uh, Harvard. Uh, I've spoken at Harvard twice, UCLA, USC, Stanford two or three times, I think, and why you, and a lot more, uh, so I'm just getting, getting, getting to it. I love it, and are there additional ways that you're thinking about activating the future, activating the community in the future? Um, I asked last night, I was actually asking you last night about different ways to activate, and you gave me some good advice, you said mm-hmm. to go uh, find local uh, activists, politicians, and causes and nonprofits that are ready in the same mind state. 
I'm in, the things that I want to support, and lend my support and influence behind that. So I think I'm going to take that advice. Phenomenal. And it's kind of interesting when I heard you talking about being a teacher because I told you I started working at HSRA, the High School for Recording Arts, recently. I left my position at the Attorney General Office actually to come and work with the students. And then we're going to see Dee Smoke later on, who was a teacher out in the LA High School for Recording Arts as well. And so it's kind of like this series of people teaching and giving back. Do you kind of see that it's more movement around that, especially with the social media generation and just the way that next? Coming, the up-and-coming generation is coming along? I think when you're younger, you think you got to do all these things in the world, and you got to do this, and you got to have that to be who you are. And after you get there, you realize it becomes less and less important. Right. And you realize what's more important, what's more fulfilling is like helping other people. And it sounds corny, but it really does help and fulfill you in life. Like, you get to see somebody grow. So I've been position my whole life and you know the way it all kind of looks back I used to joke my mom think I was going to be I used to tell her like I was going to be a preacher when I get older mm. but then um now I get a little older you know I think I'm going to be like a speaker and a teacher because mm. I feel like I I, I, I want to yeah. teach people stuff so you know I just you know you look at Kanye you know like no matter where you go in the world you always come back home you know amen so, so he's just uh I, I hope I hope it more inspires more people. I think a lot of the the younger executives in my business they right. they look at me as a, a role model and want to base some of the stuff that I'm doing. So I want to make sure I'm steering them in the right direction. A hundred percent. They see me like you know going talking schools and giving back. They're going to do the same thing. If they see me you know buying cars and jewelry, oh, running around. They're going to do that. So right. You got you got to know what kind of example you set. Yes, and I think you're such a powerful example because you show that you can do both. You don't have to pick a side. You don't have to pick a lane, right, is that you can create your own. So I was talking to some students at a graduation a couple years back, and I remember telling them that my adversities have really been my guide in life, right? Is that we focus a lot on the successes of society, but it's those adversities that really make you who you are. And I was watching a couple of your interviews that you did before, and you were talking about all of the early success that you had in your early 20s. And I just was hoping to hear a little bit more about how have your adversities been your guide in life? Uh, you know, when I, I started off pretty hot, you know, in, in, in junior high, I started getting into music and starting to get in people more and um, selling mixed CDs yeah. and mixtapes. Mm-hmm. And things started going really fast for me. So when I was 16, I started selling around New York. By the time I was 18, I was like an award-winning DJ, mixtape mm-hmm. DJ. By the time I was 19, I was doing A&R. And by the time I was 21, I already had like a, a major label gig. So I was moving fast, man. And like I was there, I was younger than the interns there. It, it was it was a crazy feeling. But I felt like if I if I kept going that path, it would have been certain things like as a man that I needed to see that mm. I wouldn't have seen. I, I see how a lot of times some people get caught up when they're young and they make decisions and. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. They got to live the rest of their life with, but they, they haven't really seen the whole thing. So, you know, I'm I'm grateful. Like around 23, 24, things started slowing down for me a lot. When with uh, I left that job, or I started a artist development company that mm-hmm. kind of went left. You know, and it took me that soul searching really made me who I am because it really taught me about a uh, goal setting, and purpose, and spirituality, and things that really weren't in my life at the time and you know it kind of transformed me in the last 
10 years, 10 mm -hmm. year last decade. And so uh, I felt like I, I rebuilt myself, mm -hmm. you know, from, you know, because in life they, you have all these identifications mm -hmm. that you don't even know you have, you know, like whether, you know, like I'm black, I'm American, right. you know, I'm Muslim, I'm Christian, I'm a brother, I'm a father, I'm this, I'm not, I'm that, you know, I'm a Democrat, I'm a this, I'm not. And, you know, all these things, you just feel like you have to be these things at all times, you know. Mm -hmm. Everybody got their things. Some people are like, I'm a gang member, you know what I mean? Right. Some things, people, like, whatever. It's not it's not really no difference. Right. It's just whatever you identify with. You see it in clothing all the time, you know what I mean? Look, I'm wearing a Travis Scott hoodie because, right. you know, I'm rocking with Travis Scott. So it's uh, something that's one of my identifications, you know. It's like, you do it consciously and subconsciously all the right. time. So I kind of have to rebuild myself and start it started from scratch to figure out what number one what I really wanted out of life right and you know I came up with like a five year plan to figure out like okay I just want to get back on track with this A&R thing mm -hmm. I want to get people uh, I want to just show myself only mainly that you know I could do this and right. uh, you know it was a slow grind you know um, year one I started doing shows in Brooklyn uh, year two I got somebody a record deal and I won a brother's records in LA. Year three, I moved to LA and got a job at Def Jam. Uh, year four, I started putting out a couple of hits with YG. And year five was, uh, was the big year. I had um, put out YG's debut album, My Crazy Life. And I executive produced that and worked with Jeremiah, had some hits on there. And it was just a crazy year. So at that point, at the five year point, I was like, oh, this plan and goal setting really works. So now I, I kind of live my life with a different short and long term goals. And then kind of creating my own space. You know, like at the end of that year, I decided, like, I was getting a lot of love on Instagram from posting my pictures I would edit. So, mm -hmm. so I bought a camera and I started shooting the camera. In the last five years, I've been going down that photography lane. Nice. And it's been cool. You know, I've done a solo show, a bunch of group shows, nice. um, different exhibits and things. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. I've been getting a lot of good feedback from it. And that was just, like, something I could add as my slash. You know, and then, and then, you know, every time you build this life, you got to customize it. So right. I went from being, like, a student to, like, a DJ. Like, mm. that, that's a different skill set. Right. Then I went from being a DJ to A&R. That's a different skill set. Then I went from being an A&R to an executive, which is also a different skill set. Right. And now I'm going from being just an executive to a, 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 a entrepreneur. Right. And, you know, I've been launching new companies, sick projects, which I help artists make sick projects. Yes. <laughs> you know? I got a team of two who's really strong in L.A. And uh, we're helping, you know, people got a, on the big side, like putting an A&R on Travis's album. Also have a label deal with Interscope. We put out our first artist, Jayla Darden. Our EP's out now. And nice. She, uh, you know, a uh, really super talented uh black girl from Detroit mm. and she uh, mixed, mastered, produced, engineered, recorded, mm -hmm. wrote her whole record by herself. You nice. Know, nobody else on there, no other credits. So I was really proud of her and I'm really proud that was the first project that we got to put out. But you know, learning that, you still gotta learn about books and overhead and staffing and funding and fundraising and different things because you don't have to worry about it as an executive. You have to change as an entrepreneur. So like Every time, it's like I like I like the challenges that come with learning and, and the progress.
That was dope. And I was going to ask you next some advice that you may have for young people. And one of the things that I heard you say just now was the importance of resetting. Like sometime you'll find it. What did J. Cole say? Good news is you come a long way. The bad news is you went the wrong way. And not necessarily you went the wrong way, but that in life you'll get in those moments where you might need to reset. And we, a lot of time, are setting plans and goals for other people and external things, but we haven't set those internal goals for ourselves. And so that was just something powerful. I just heard you say, is there any other advice that you have for young people up and coming, whether they are artists, a future business person, uh, what advice would you give them? To, to that point, one time, my friend, her name is Fadia Kater. She she had a lot of different jobs. I think she works on Instagram now. Okay. But at the time, we were working at Def Jam together. And I came in our office, and I had these stack of notebooks. And anybody who knows me, know I'm always, I always got a notebook close to me. And... I, I got, see it. I got one <laughs> and I was like, this is my notebook for YG, and this is my notebook for Jeremiah, mm. this is my notebook for all these different people in this project. And she's like, well, where's the notebook for yourself? Mm. I'm like, what you mean? And she's like, you know, what you, for your goals and your things mm. and your aspirations. So I never thought about it before. I was like, notebook for myself. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, I guess I got to do that. So I went and bought a notebook. I bought, I think one of these I always bought notebooks so like and this thing is like my planner because mm-hmm. everything kind of lies around this and this is kind of like my my central location this kind of is my my pulse of my life and nice. it kind of shows me a few things like right when I'm like writing my, when I'm journaling mm-hmm. you know uh, when I'm journaling I, I see like what's going good and I can see like when I'm not journaling I'll sometimes Facts. I do that too yep and then like I always write um what I did the day before, mm. and, then I, uh, and then and then over here I, I keep my affirmations. You know, as far as like different things I collected over the years. Nice. Like, like, meditate, design your day, break a sweat, read something, wash your face, make your bed, talk to family, mm. talk, things like that. And I try to keep a, daily, a daily routine, like you know, like mm-hmm. uh, there's a book called The Checklist Manifesto, hmm. and another one called power habit and they both break down these concepts of basically if you go on an airplane a pilot has like a checklist of all the different things they do in the morning right sorry and then what about for you like do you have your own checklist like you know so like i got my like wake up bathroom wash face drink lemon water alcohol banana meditate affirmations journal push-ups read run one mile workout studio office if i do that i know like I'm going to have a certain set of wins. Right. Because your body don't know the difference between a win. So, like, mm. you, you throw a piece of paper in the trash, you get excited. Right? right. You know, if you win a lot or close a deal, you get excited. But a win is a win to your body. You know, so you kind of got to trick your body into getting all the wins in the morning. Mm. So a lot of stuff that you got to do is really just on you. And it has nothing to do with your day, your circumstance, or mm. whatever. Like, all that stuff you can just do based on... Just waking up, getting a routine. Right. You know, that routine kind of starts you up. Then from there, I think the next thing I've learned is, you know, I, I started really going down like a real spiritual path with mm-hmm. like, you know, like kind of new age spirituality. And whatever you people get their spirituality off, you do it. You right. Know, whether it's religion or, you know, the universe or whatever. And then, but I read a lot of different uh, teachings. You know, some of my favorite authors are like... Uh, uh, Deepak Chopra, uh, Alan Watts. Um, some of my favorite books are like uh, The Alchemist, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, and 
uh, just these different books that kind of kind of got me guide and it's, uh, I read this new guy named Joe Dispenza a couple yeah. years ago he has one book called Breaking the Habit of Being Oneself mm. and all the other books they were teaching me like you know kind of like the secret like you see it you get it but like he kind of taught something a little different like uh, uh, not neuroscience I forgot what it's, what it's called but basically what he was teaching was like you could design your future Mm-hmm. You know, and I, the more I studied it, the more I realized that the great people do it. Right. You know, they'll go and they don't just say, like, I'm going to get a blue car, I'm going to get a blue car. They be like, they get real specific. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm going to just, I'm going to live like this, I'm going to look like that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to help these people. Right. Da, 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 da. And it starts with a big goal, and they, they design every detail of it. And the more and more you design, the easier it is to get what you want out of life because you can see it really, really clear. Mm-hmm. And you know it. And everybody, you can conspire how to get there and the whole right. world can conspire how to get there. A hundred percent. So you always see some people, I always figure out the hardest part in this whole shit is just knowing what you want. Right. You know, because in a lot of different ways, it's structured for you already. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're in law school, I just graduated. Just yep. graduated law school, so you passed the bar. You're a lawyer. I passed the bar recently. Congratulations. Thank you. Now let's let's think about the journey for that. You know, you have to go get your high school diploma. Mm-hmm. Then you have to go do uh, get your bachelor's degree. Right. Then you have to take a test again in law school. Then you have to pass law school. Then you have to pass the local bar, and now right. you can teach law in that state. But you knew that going in. Right. You know, if I wanted to be in the, the army, I know like I graduate, get my GED, I go in there, work my way up from soldier, cadet, uh, general, whatever. Right. I can do it. Corporate America, same thing. You know, I be be an intern, an assistant, manager, senior manager, director, vice president, mm-hmm. senior vice president, executive vice president, CEO, CEO, chairman. You know, right. it's all laid out for you sports right you know jv varsity right college team right lead. but most life's not like that your dreams aren't like that right so you gotta figure out your own path of how you're gonna get there and what the parameters are so the cool thing about it you be trying to like design your own way and if, 100%. You, and if you're not trying to fit in one of them boxes that was already preset for you you customize the shit as much as you want so that's kind of like my dream is like how to customize my life and like how I try to adapt the whole world. Yes. So like, so for me, like I was like, I think I think about like life design and what I like a lot, and I like the I like the careers of uh, three types of people. I like the careers of teachers, mm-hmm. coaches, mm-hmm. and directors. No, now, coaches, I like the relationship they have with the talent mm-hmm. and the way that, you know, they got that relationship going back and forth uh, as far as waking them up, motivating them. Da, da, mm-hmm. da, da. Teachers, I like the fact that they teach a process mm-hmm. and, you know, do it till somebody really gets it. And then, you know, also they like, then they get summers off, they get chill. Then right. when they lock in, they lock in. I like directors because they work for a set amount of time on a project, bring all these collaborators to to the table, they bring the cinematographer, they bring the writers, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. this project, do the movie, lay it all out, and then when it's all over, they kind of disperse and then right. come together on the next joint. So, I like them three lives, so I'm just trying to customize a life like that, of, like, how I can kind of mold all three of them to make what I want, and, like, kind of design it that way. You Dope. know what I mean? So, like, it's like, 
it's got to be real specific. And then, like, I know I like to take photos, but I don't like, I like taking photos for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't necessarily need anybody to pay me for my photos. Right. It's just, like, my hobby. So I know, like, eventually I want to be able to put out, like, these books, and mm-hmm. I want to do certain things with my photos. So I just, like, that's my, my thing. So when I get, like, older, I can just be able to have that. And then I know I like teaching. So I've been really locking in what I want to teach about. So I'm teaching about creative process. So mm-hmm. I got you know, go up with a curriculum and kind of break down. I'm talking to different schools about how to lay it all out and what that looks like, you know. Maybe just then you start working on campus. Mm-hmm. I like, uh, you know, How to Get Away with Murder. You ever watch that show? Yeah, of course. I like her life. I like the fact that she teaches. But she's and like, Elise. Mm-hmm. And she practices. You know, has a uh, active law firm. Right. And sometimes she'll use her students as like assistants or interns Definitely. or paralegals or whatever you call them on the project. Mm-hmm. So I like all them kind of lives. So how to like tee it all up. So that's like that's dope. I just like I'm just saying all that to show you like how customized you got to design it. A hundred percent. And you got to stay locked in. Like okay, cool. This is different spaces I want to be in. And right. Like, the tension is I got to go. A hundred percent. Keep into those spaces. I love everything that you just said, and I'm definitely taking mental notes in my head. So I work with a lot of young artists, and one of the things I was telling them is that, you know how when we go to school, we have a syllabus for the course or the year, and I was saying, we need to make syllabus for our lives, you know, and what's our objective, and what are the goals and the steps that we need to take to get there, and then at the end of the year, how are we going to know if we were successful or not, right? And being, like you said, that intentional about writing it down, having a plan, and then working a plan, so... I loved everything you said about that. The hardest part, just you know, the first part, before anything, you just gotta know what you want. Right. And most people don't get past there. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people tell you they're tired of doing this, they're tired of doing that. You ask them, like, well, what do you want? What do you want? You're like, I want a million dollars. Like, all right, you got a million dollars tomorrow, what would you do? What's the first thing you do? Exactly. Yeah, no clue. You know what I mean? People just, people are so quick to think about what they don't want. And they don't think about what they do want. Mm, that's a word. So what I've been seeing is, in my life, I've been noticing is, people usually get what they want. They don't usually get what they need. I don't usually get what they deserve, but they get what they want. Mm. You know, so, but whatever you want is tricky, too, because you got to know what comes with that. Hmm. That gets, goes back to that J. Cole quote. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. then, like, you know, some, some, some guys, they just love women. Right. You know what I mean? And they, that's what they want. So the next thing you know, they'll end up with a lot of uh, families and baby mamas mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, some people love getting hot. You know what I mean? And they get, end up as a crackhead. Right, <laughs> right. But that's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. So you got to also be careful of what you want and why you want it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like... You know what? That's a word. I'm sorry. I just have to tell you that's a word because I told somebody like four or five years ago, I did one of those vision boards and like everything on my vision board came true, but it wasn't necessarily what I actually really wanted. I thought I wanted it at the time, but once I got it, you wanted it, but it's not what you needed. (laughs) It's definitely not what I needed. So to your point, we do have to be careful about heart desires. And that's why nowadays... I just pray a lot for discernment and understanding, you know, and what direction I need to go in because it's very true. I love that. You really do get what you want. You better be careful what you want. What you want. Like, everybody get what they want, man. It's, it's kind of crazy, you know, so it's just, just got to be careful because when you get it, then but I see it. I see it with like, my artists and stuff. They get everything they want. They're like, shit, it's, just, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So you got to think about every aspect of your life. You got to think about your family, friends, health. Integrity, your work, 
you know it's like all these different aspects to it definitely and, and, you know it's just like a rubik's cube mm-hmm. you're just trying to keep it all tight definitely so i was going to ask you about some of the books that have activated you but you already mentioned that and so i want to kind of talk about reading in its core and why that is such a form of activation especially being here on american soul i think about the fact that it was once illegal for black people to try to even read and write right and so the fact that now we have the luxury or the necessity of being able to read but we have so many distractions going on so just from your perspective why is reading so important and how has it impacted your life uh reading's got me everywhere because mm. i'm somebody who you know I, I i dropped out of college maybe after a couple months mm-hmm. so I, but i changed it and said i was going to read lots of books and everything i need to know so whether it be like personal finance or spirituality or business or being executive i had to make up for the lack of books i was getting into formal education to kind of mm-hmm. educate myself when my my custom-made life, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I don't, I usually, I love audiobooks. Okay. Because I'm on the go a lot. Mm-hmm. So if I got on a flight or a train or a plane or a long car ride, I could just throw that in there. So that's, that's really helped me keep that going because then I could just, you know, I would think about it like The Matrix. You ever seen that movie? Mm-hmm. You know, when they would just like learn karate and they'll dial it in their head. Right. That's why I think about reading. Mm. They'll just like dial it in my brain. Like, oh, now I know it. Uh-huh. You know, 100%. So. That's dope. So, okay, a couple books I have for you too that I just wanted to recommend if you haven't already read them. Carter G. Woodson, The Miseducation of the Negro is like a must-read. Michelle Alexander, New Jim Crow is a must-read phenomenal. Um, a lot of people have read the autobiography of Malcolm X, but also I recommend the autobiography of Asada Shakur. We all know her name, but her story is very powerful, especially as a black woman during the Black Panther time. And then I'm working on a book, Don't Complain, Activate, so I'm going to send you a copy when it comes out, so you definitely got to check that out. Um, so, I just have one more question for you. I'm not going to keep you too long. I really appreciate you being here for this interview. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So, you've had a number of mentors in your life, and I noticed some that were just even in passing that told you what an A&R was or that you should stop customizing your mistapes and really, you know, selling one copy to a larger audience how do you think young people should go about finding mentors and then how do you have the discernment of which mentors to listen to what information to take and what information should just be shelved uh you know i I, I meet a lot of people who come up to me like yo i want you to be my mentor that's kind of not how it works (laughs) you know like being being a mentor is like it's almost like getting in a relationship you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you just got to, like, you got to be on your mentors. You got to be, like, following up with them and really helping them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, all my mentors, I, I feel like I bring value into their lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because as people get older and they have more experience, sometimes they don't have as much time to be on the ground. Right. Do things. So whether you just put them on new sneakers, telling them where to go out. Like, hey, if you check out this article, da 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 can you start bringing value into these people's lives? Right. So they can... So it's a it's a two way street. People Definitely. think people have this idea of mentorship is just one person telling you game, you just dipping. But it's kinda like two way street. It's a two way street. Like I need to keep my mentors up and all the type of stuff, make 100%. sure they they not they not lacking. And I think 
a good book that kind of broke down the, me- the, the mentorship process is Mastery by Robert Greene. Mm. He really broke it down as far as uh, what it takes to be a mentor, how long mentorships last. Like they said about mentorships take about 10 years before you can teach somebody everything. Mm. And then after that, it goes one of two directions. It goes um, either you become friends or enemies with the person. <laughs> but, oh, wow. That's real. Yeah, but, you know, mentor mentorships are... It's a, it's no joke. You know, people always try to put everything on the mentor, mm-hmm. but the mentee has to take a lot of that that, that relationship. You know, I, a lot of my mentors, I'm really great friends with. And I'm still actively looking for mentors. I'm still actively looking for internships. I did an internship last year with a with a venture capitalist company in San Francisco because I want to learn more about VC. Mm-hmm. So like, as long as you never stop learning, you right. know, never stop doing stuff, never stop going and. And you know, and even if you recommend your mentor a book, you know, send them a send them a book. Just engage that relationship. Definitely. You know? And then one day they're gonna just be your mentor. You know, like I remember I went rock with my mentor up to this day. I just I always introduce him as my mentor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, this is my mentor. 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 And I just show him his respect. Well, just FYI, I would love for you to be a mentor of mine and for us to form this relationship. Well, you already gave me three books, right? Thank you. We've already started. And, you know, one of the things I thought was fascinating when we met last night, how well-versed you were on Minnesota politics, you know, and the fact that we're one of the worst states when it comes to racial disparities. So you're a very busy man. You have a lot going on. How do you make time to stay informed about local politics and what's going on in the world? Uh, you don't got a choice, man. There's a lot of stuff going on out here. And, you know, the world's happening fast. America's in a real transitional time, you know, as far as uh, the powers of the uh, powers of the, uh, the world, you know, right. stuff that's going on, like China and Russia and different things, you know, it, it, and just, you know, you, you see empires get stuff taken away from you. And I'm, I'm an immigrant, so I'm, like, paranoid right. about all these things, especially now as I start moving up. You know, you got more to lose, more people depending on you. Mm-hmm. You know, I got employees now. I got mm-hmm. people who report to me at work. I got uh, family members, mm-hmm. you know, but my dynamics with them are changing. Right. And, you know, as a girl, as a man, I got to be, I got to be sharp. Definitely. You know, so, like, I can't just, like, get all your information from, like, Twitter or something, you know. So Talk I'm, about in, it. In the mornings, like, I, I kind of read the couple of articles. I read, like, Wall Street Journal in the morning, so I kind of see like what money's thinking about. I say like I could read like the Times, or like I read sports, I could read my hobbies. I just gotta just know what the hell's going on out here, because it 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 uh you can't get consumed by it, because right now with the, with the identity identity politics and the cancel culture, Very it's true. really Talk about it. it's really easy to just get caught up in shit that don't it's not really that important. Fact. But you definitely want to be aware of what's going on. A hundred percent. Let me ask you a question. So what do you think about uh, the Chappelle show special and what do you think about like all, all of Kanye's recent talks? Oh, see, putting it on me. So one, Dave Chappelle is from D.C. I love Dave Chappelle. I think that he has great insight. Um, I do believe that we're moving way too much towards like this quote unquote cancel culture as you called it i agree with that 100 percent. i think you've seen it too often um when i think about kanye west to be honest i love everything that kanye west is doing on the spiritual lens right and i think that we can agree to disagree when necessary but that doesn't i don't even think we have the power to cancel people right that's just my personal perspective i tell people 
as consumers, right, to that certain extent, right? But for me, people's purpose go way past that, right? And the reality of it is, is that the masses and their mindset change on a daily basis. Kanye is a perfect example of that. One day he says something, he's canceled. The next day he does the concert on Sunday and he's reinstated. You know what I mean? And so the question really becomes... Is a person ever really truly canceled or is that just where we're at for the moment? Because what people drive towards is success, right? Is why people can flop one day and be a huge success the next day, which is why I always tell my young people, you can't live and survive based on people applause because when they stop clapping, you'll die, right? Is that you ha- I believe we all are put here for a bigger purpose. And, you know, they crucified Jesus Christ. So my grandmother told me at a young age that, you have to be careful because people aren't going to like you and you have to be okay with that. And if you're actually doing the right thing, people, there should be a whole crowd of people that don't like you. And there should be a whole crowd of people that do like you. If you're really effective, you're probably not going to be in the middle. And so for me, I do have a bias. I've always been a fan of Kanye. I don't always agree with everything Kanye says, but I listen to him and I look for a deeper understanding of what he's talking about. Right. So even when he had that comment about how, um, what slavery was a choice. Exactly. Slavery was a choice. Thank you. When you think about Harriet Tubman, right? I don't know if you've seen the movie yet, but you should definitely see the movie. For Harriet, it was, right, that she had a choice. She said liberty or death, period. It was no in-between. Slavery wasn't a choice for her. Now, I think we have to be careful with that because everyone isn't a runaway slave. I tell people that's how I look at myself right now. I think I'm like a runaway slave. I think we're still on a plantation, and I think people are very much so still enslaved on American soil. And so... I think we just have to think deeper and not just look on the surface and have conversations and dialogue about it, right? Because social media can be very toxic to where we're just talking at each other. We're not actually having a dialogue. That's what I loved about college was that we were able to talk and think. And while we might not agree, at least at the end of that conversation, I have a better understanding of what you meant. So that's what I love. Okay, so that's all I have. Is there anything else that you would like to tell young people that may be listening? Uh, no, I think we got it all. Stick with your routine. Come up with a, with a plan. Get as specific as possible. And just go do it. Perfect. And where can people follow you? Uh, I got every all my social media is the Sycamore. Perfect. And my website is sycamore.co. And check out Jayla Darton. Yes. <laughs> this is great. Thank you so much, Sycamore. We really appreciate you. And remember, don't complain. Activate. Grace and peace. My name is Leslie Redman. I am the founder and host of Don't Complain, Activate. The idea is that you don't have to be President Barack Obama or Beyonce Knows Carter in order to activate your community. You could be a teacher, you could be a mom, you could be a janitor, you could be an activist and lawyer as myself, or you can be like our guest today, D. Smoke, who is an amazing rapper who is activating the community. You all may have known him. He just won the Rhythm and Flow competition and he is killing the game. D. Smoke, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So first, we'd just like to begin with, how are you activating the community? Um, well, in the past, I was a teacher, so um, I always have a heart for educating. Um, my, my background is in language, so I, I majored in Spanish literature at UCLA. So for some time, I spent, spent some years teaching kids Spanish, but um, I, always, I always tell people when they ask me about my teaching experience that, my primary goal wasn't to get students fluent in Spanish. Mm-hmm. It's to share my experiences, share the perspectives that um, that make me, uh, that give me a sense of, of drive or empowerment 
to accomplish whatever it is that I want to uh, accomplish. So um, whether it's Spanish or whether it's music, right? It's, there's always a set of principles that somebody lives by that guides them through these obstacles and helps them overcome those obstacles. So that was my primary function as a teacher. So um, that's what I did from eight to three or to five or, you know. Um, but now, of course, we're using my music as an avenue, not just to, it's not so much to preach um, this is what you should or shouldn't do, but it's more so to be honest about my story and my experience mm -hmm. so that when people see my success, they feel like they share in that success mm -hmm. because they find the commonalities between even even the darker sides of my experience, right? Right. Because a lot of a lot of times people be believe the lie that because you've had hardships or difficult experience or even traumatic experiences that you aren't entitled or or you aren't uh, you shouldn't experience success and fulfillment, mm -hmm. right? When it's actually the opposite. Because you've overcome those things, you Amen. should be able to uh, to be even more fulfilled and have more of a, a story to share and help somebody with a common experience. So that's what we're doing now in the music. And then in the future, um, you know, as we, you know, make money in music, as we're successful, tour the world and all those mm -hmm. good things, um, something that we look to do is... Uh, one, my, my long-term goal has always been to build a community center that mm -hmm. um, caters to the community where the youth can come in and um, learn learn arts and, you know, business and all that. So um, those, there are some ideas that we're developing on how best to do that. And um, HSRA just happens to be one of those models that we're looking at, like how can we have this hub, this center right. where young entre entrepreneurs can come, educators can come, the community can come, and they can engage in the arts, you know, even sports. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of that has to do with, you know, what kind of facility will house that vision. Right. So we're looking at some spaces in Inglewood. So a lot of that has to do what kind of facility will house that vision. So we're looking at some spaces in Inglewood that'll, uh, that'll serve that purpose so that, you know, over time, we can we can build that out. But um, I love that. Yeah. And so you're from Inglewood. I'm from Inglewood. the inner city of D.C., born okay. and raised. And sure. one of the things I told the students when I went back and spoke at a graduation is we really highlight successes. Like, we know you just won a competition. You're killing the game. Thanks. But I told them that my adversities have really been my guide in life, like you were talking about with your obstacles. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about maybe one adversity that you had to overcome and some advice Ooh. that you would give to young people as they're going through adversity in life? Oof. <laughs> um, parents getting divorced, losing the house that we mm -hmm. grew up in, where my studio also was at, uh, losing my best friend to lymphoma cancer, mm -hmm. you know, in my mid-twenties, um, you know, <laughs> dropping out of grad school three times, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what, what have, whatever, breakups, you know right, what I'm saying, right. like, uh, being broke. Mm -hmm. Having a storefront in Inglewood, living in the storefront, mm. you know, just so I could keep my business going because I mm. can't, I can't afford like rent and storefront mm. rent, you know. Um, losing friends, you know, literal fights, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, what, what haven't we gone through? And that's mm. that's the part that a lot of people don't know. Like uh, Jay Z said, the smartest thing he ever did was not quit. Amen. And that's it. So that's Amen. you know, you take it all in stride and you you know you keep going. I love that. Yeah. So over your life, I'm sure you've had various different mentors. For young people growing up, how important is mentorship? And how do you mm -hmm. discern between good advice versus advice that should be shelved? Um, mentorship is extremely important. I'm going to go ahead and echo that sentiment. Um, I've been blessed with 
countless mentors. Um, one, his name is Julian Gordon. He's like a, a real estate mogul, author, uh, public speaker, educator. Um, and then, of course, I got plenty of mentors in the city of Inglewood or just niggas from the hood who, <laughs> who had my back and made sure that despite, you know, whether or not they had much to offer me, like, in terms of life lessons, they were like, look, I, I can guide you out of what we did, you know? Right. So mentorship is very, uh, very important. And a lot of times those are the people that bridge that gap between, like, what your parents tell you and you just hear it too much mm-hmm. to the people that are a little bit closer uh, to your age. And um, so I just want to ask you really quickly: two books, two books that activated you over oh, two the course books. of your Let's life. Let's go. The Alchemist. Yes. Definitely ac- activated me, and uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I love it. Yeah. And so, can I just have you since you know I, I just believe you're just gonna be the biggest thing ever? Can you say "Don't complain, activate" one don't, time for the people? Don't complain, activate. Yes. Yeah, Thank you so much. And can we just get a quick picture in? Absolutely. And I'm sure Nika wants to get a good. picture. Grace and peace. My name is Leslie Redman and I am the founder and host of Don't Complain Activate, also known as DCA. The background behind DCA is that you don't have to be Barack Obama or Beyonce Knowles in order to activate your community. You could be a teacher, you could be a janitor, you could be an activist and lawyer like myself, or you could be proof like James Badu L. Speaking of James Badu L, we are grateful to have him as a guest today. How are you doing, Mr. Badu? Holly, blessing, favor. Amen. Well, we are blessed to have you. So you're familiar with Don't Complain, Activate. We want to just start off by asking, how are you activating the community? In a lot of ways. I'm activating the community by activating myself, activating my passion, activating my self-love, activating uh, the the questions that I have in society and just moving in a way in which I I manifest it through initiatives like Mm-hmm. Cleaning for change, where I know that we're productive. I, I know that we're product of our environment, so why not start cleaning the environment so that we can mm-hmm. produce greater people mm-hmm. and see ourselves? Um, I know that when you go to prison, uh, uh, it's not because you're a bad person. You might have done something, but you're still a good person. But when you get out, society doesn't see you like that. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I created the Iron Proof Award so that uh, to uplift people that's been in prison to show the community that we are a value, a great mm-hmm. value at that. And so, a lot of ways, a lot of ways, internally and externally. Phenomenal. And do you have anything coming up 2020? How, are you, how do you plan on activating the community further in the future? And so activating the community in which where 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 we change the ideology from building just organizations and start focusing more on building a society. Um, we I recognize that I'm also uh, quote unquote African American quote unquote Negro in today's society, and the greatest way to uplift our people is to is to is to is to start recognizing our position our position in 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 the world and start doing more for ourselves because we lean so much on other people on other organizations on 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 other articles that's written about us instead of us finding the answers for ourselves and questioning things for ourselves and seeing the value in ourselves and so that's pretty much what i'm doing right now working to make us a people with the united nations because that's the next step and getting out of civil rights and getting into human rights because that's what matters the most because we're getting murdered for being human we're getting sent to prison for being human and being criminalized because we're not always criminals and so yeah 
A hundred percent. And I know that you do a lot of prison reform. You do a lot of reducing violence in the community. I know that you were just at one of the community sessions that they had in St. Paul around the inner city violence that was going on. And you said something fascinating to me. You were sitting at the table with someone. And can you talk about who that was and the commentary that she made? Yes, yeah, so um, I w- we were in a circle and um, and everybody was giving introductions and uh, just pretty much talking about who you are and why you are here today. And she said she's tired of the violence and she thinks that the problem is uh, poor black people. And who is she? And so she's a federal prosecutor. You know, uh, we found that out after everybody in the group kind of scolded her about her comments and mm-hmm. she actually... Um, uh, the it was a young black girl on the side of her who was 13, who were who who was laughing at her comments like you know, and she caught a really big attitude with 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 the child and the father had to step in and say you know don't talk to my child like that <laughs> you right. know and everybody else in the group was like yeah you're not right don't talk to the child the child can behave how she wants to and Let's- have an opinion you know yeah. and. I just think it was so profound that she had the audacity and the nerve to say that. Was she a white woman? So I love that, right? Like, I believe that that should, I believe that we should do that more often Mm -hmm. so that we can actually get down to the root of everything. Because if we always hide from ourselves. That's a good point. Nothing would ever change. And so dialogues like that need to be, need to happen and it needs to happen in real time and not scripted. Because only then can we actually channel and look at and learn from ourselves, even in those moments. So, Mr. Badu, if I'm correct, are you saying that a form of activation is being honest? That is the only way to actually activate and to have an effect is, is when you're honest. You mm. know, um, uh, because honesty isn't the truth. Because mm-hmm. everybody has truth, right? The big mm-hmm. T and the little t. But it's just the, it's just the proof of whatever you are. Right. You know, and, and so we need to see the proof in the age of information. Right. You know, and so. That's phenomenal. I really appreciate that. So I know that you are very well read. Can you give us two books that have activated you? Um, yeah. Two books. I would say. The Book of You. And the book of you. Yeah. All right. Can you elaborate? Okay. Okay. So uh, the book of you is written by yourself. All books are great, and it's good to have information. But the greatest book I've ever read was when I studied my myself, my behaviors, my talk, my way of life. I journaled. I looked at my I thought about my thoughts, things like that, where I didn't allow other people's opinions to shape me, but I learned to start shaping myself and learn to start challenging my behaviors and start meditating on the things that I do and things like that. So I would say the greatest book to ever read is the book of you, because then you'll start to see how you exist inside of everybody else and how you exist inside of other things that you read and other things that you do you know just to know yourself is just the greatest thing 
And I do know that you live by that and you definitely do push people to recognize that while we can receive an education, whether it's from institutions, whether it's from other people, the greatest form of education that we are going to receive is from ourselves and learning ourselves and really diving deep into who we are, you know, and our connection to God, our creator, ourselves, because if we are made in his image, you know, then am I am I saying it correctly? Yeah, because we everything. We everything. Mm-hmm. We're all you we're all together. We don't have to try to be anything, you know. We we're, right. we're already here. We just have to embrace. Right. But you you can't embrace something you're not looking at. Right, a hundred percent. Even if you're reading a book, you, you you're embracing outside. Right. You know? A hundred percent. So yeah, diving into you. I know that you have lived a very interesting life. Um, I would like for you to talk a little bit about your involvement with the criminal justice system, if you would like, and any advice that you would like to give to young people growing up, not only in inner cities, but in any community, you know, what advice would you give to them? Hmm. In the inner city, you said? Well, you're from the inner city. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm from everywhere. <laughs> I guess you lived in the suburbs too. I lived everywhere. Uh, we everywhere, you know. We get pushed everywhere. Um, when you born black, you born with two strikes. Mm. So then, when you do anything, that's your third strike. So off the top, mm. you have no room for 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 failure. So which says that you have no room to be a human. Mm. So I would say, break all the rules until you get it right. You have to love Mr. Badu. Listen, he's talking about honesty. He's the most honest person ever. So I don't want to ask you just what advice we should give to the young people. What advice should we give to the policymakers and the mayors and the city council and the people making policies and rules that are impacting these young people's lives every day? Mind your business. Um, mind your business, because if you mind your business in your own business and see how you exist in your own business, you'll be able to see the difference between your business and my business Mm -hmm. and how your business affects my business. Mm -hmm. And so pay attention to you, focus on you, look at how you exist with the thing that you exist with. How did you, what, what is this power to you? What does that mean? Question yourself. You don't have to study us all the time. You're saying that these individuals should take a better look at themselves because if they are better people, they'll make better decisions? That's the only way. Mm. We're okay. We're just constantly affected and affected and affected. And so just, you know, mind themselves. Thank you. And Mr. Badu, I know that you have the Proof Awards and Cleaning for Change and a number of other things. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I would like for you to just briefly talk about what... I am proof is what proof awards is and how is that activating the community? So, uh, so proof, you know, I am and you are and we are, right? It's just to give us the, uh, it's just a mirror to ourselves and tell ourselves that hey, we're we're valuable. We, we we have every like Kanye West said, we have every single thing that we need, and we don't need people to make decisions for us if we know how to make decisions for ourselves. Right, and so to show people that, and to experience that, and uh, so the awards is coming up, highlighting people that's been incarcerated that have specific values mm-hmm. that other people can start looking at. Instead of paying attention to how to achieve a job, how do you achieve this quality mm. of a person? Mm. And then you'll be able to do 
whatever that quality allows you to do. Mm-hmm. And so we have to create the capabilities to to have the abilities. Right. You know, and so the Proof Awards coming up next month on the 13th, every second Friday of December. It's going to be great. The community is going to come out. Um, uh, we can, you can, we, everybody can get involved in some type of way if they want to uplift that. Um, yeah, and also people in the community, uh, five different businesses is uh, who who exhibit certain qualities that the community needs and values mm-hmm. are, are actually going to be awarded at the same time as well. So that it's Phenomenal. a it's a it's a together thing. Right. Prison and the community is not separate. Right, it's together. We're just not in the community. Right. So, Mr. Badu, I just want to close with this question: How are you activating yourself? You talked a lot about self in the book of self. How are you activating yourself? I'm writing a book. Nice. I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book on on self, you know, and self is us, you know. So I'm writing I'm writing a book right now, making a documentary, the modern day uh miseducation miseducation of the Negro. It's called the miseducation of the Negro. And what does that look like to us today? Because we have missed it. So say that again, missed as in M I S S E D. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Missed education of the Negro, and uh, proof is also. I want to say, uh, it's it's not an organization. It's just, it is a society, and so we're 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 not building anything other than our own form of government mm-hmm. where we can govern ourselves mm-hmm. because uh, we have the right as black people to have self determination, mm-hmm. and self determination is a human right. Um, and so, therefore, everything. So we we had the civil rights movement, and mm-hmm. now uh, that was it's been long enough. And now, so we're saying that uh, the first civil rights act of eighteen sixty six didn't work out for us. So speaking of that, the civil rights act of eighteen sixty six, you were mm-hmm. the first person that I heard talking about this lawsuit with Comcast, and now yeah. everyone is talking about it. So, do you have any words that you want to say about that? Comcast isn't wrong. Um, uh, America isn't wrong. Uh, it is, uh, it is, it is, it is lawful to do whatever is best for the nation's interests, and uh, uh, this is uh, and, and finances is best for the nation's interests if they have 1.3 or however many much money in debt. Um, I would just say to us and to to Brian uh, that uh, inclusion is is not the answer. Uh, uh, having our finances uh, tied into their finances, but their finances not tied into our finances is only going to keep having us in debt and never able to build. So I would say the next best thing is to take that billion dollars and invest in a new system just for people over here, it, just like Comcast and this nation is doing. Well, and to break it down too, I think what you're saying is very profound. Right, because I remember listening to a civil rights icon who marched with MLK and really fought the good fight in Tennessee and Mississippi. And she was saying that one step was the Montgomery bus boycott, right? And it was to get integration. She said the next step would have been to build our own bus systems, right? And so is that what I hear you saying? Yeah, so so, so the... The uh, what happened? To, let me just take it back to the uh, Civil Rights Act of eighteen sixty six. It defined our citizenship, which gave us our rights. Now, for those rights, you know, we had, got protection, but with protection, we also lose other rights. 
And so we have to start questioning what rights did we get rid of? And one of them is self-determination, to actually build for yourself, which is why when we started building for ourselves, we were able to get bombed, you know, which is why we get murdered, which is why those things happen. And absolutely that we have to build, we have to make our own, our own, our own bus, but more importantly than that, we need to make our own travel system where we're actually building our own roads that, mm. that can be taken from here to here. And so if we don't have that type of power, it doesn't matter if we have a bus or not because we still can't get a pass to go. And I think what you're saying is so important because it's like the further we move along, the further we move back, right? Like J. Cole said, I always go to that line where he said, the good news is you came a long way. The bad news is you went the wrong way, right? Um, And then (laughs) what did Kendrick say in that song with Nipsey Hussle? He said, Mm. we've been dealt bad bad hands. We're bad. Yeah, yeah. We've been dealt bad plans with bad hands. Yeah, and so... Bad hands with bad plans, you know? And so now it's just time for... So I just think about that and I think about what you're saying. And I just thank you for your work. I thank you for being an activator. One of the things I can say, because obviously I personally know James Badu. And one of the things, Junior, Junior, ill, ill Junior. And one of the things I can say about him is he definitely thinks outside the box. He marches to the beat of his own drum and if you all want me to be honest with you all, the other person that I look up to that did that was Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't walk the walk that everyone walked. He didn't talk the talk that Mm -hmm. everyone talked. And James frequently is looking into issues long before other people are. And I really do believe that he is a great mind of our time, you know, and he is human, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are a number of things that happen. And I keep saying that last question, but now I just thought about one last question. Mm-hmm. I know that you are, and I hope I'm not telling too much of your business, are involved in a case right now. Yeah, a couple, yeah. Um, when it's dealing with police officers. Yep, and and in Minnesota, we face some of the worst disparities in the nation. We are constantly brutalized by the police. Mm-hmm. And one of the parallels that I often see is once police brutalize somebody, they. Ch- um, file charges against that person mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. silence them and mm-hmm. to further hinder their voices from being heard. And Absolutely. so your case is not an exception, but I do think that, well, actually, um, the young lady Champagne and her brother Lee, they're taking theirs to trial as well. Mm-hmm. And so I do see a parallel, more people taking it to trial and fighting. And I just wanted to commend you. And I want to commend everyone that is fighting against the system because I know that they offer you all plea deals a lot. Mm-hmm. And I can't say what I would do if I was in a situation because I don't know. But I do believe that we need to start taking things to trial more and to fight. And I just commend you. I commend your courage, your strength, your ability to do what you believe no matter what. Mm-hmm. And to not fear this system and to really look it in its eye and to fight and to say, I'm proof. Mm-hmm. And if I go down, I'm not going to go down not swinging. Mm-hmm. And it's like Harriet said, liberty or death. And so I just salute you, <laughs> That's real. Mr. James Badu L. Jr. I, I appreciate that. And also with that, I want to say, because it'll be interesting to see how, how I go for them and what are they actually fighting and what, I'm, and what am I fighting. And so it, one part of the battle is that 
there's there's the fight that you've literally got to fight. Then the other part of the battle is just knowing mm-hmm. the fight, so right. you know how to fight. Right. And so I'm not going to trial to to try to get any pressure off. I'm going to put the pressure on and say I got the right as a human being to protect myself. A hundred percent. Right. Because now they're setting a different kind of precedence that we can take higher and higher and higher. And so there is no getting knocked down because there's no losing because there's no stopping mm-hmm. until we're all done. I love that because an unjust law is not a law at all, right? So if I could just ask you to say one time for the listeners, don't complain, activate. Don't complain, activate. Thank you, Mr. Proof. And we appreciate you and we wish you much success and prayers on your future endeavors. Grace and peace. Thank you. Grace and peace. My name is Leslie Redman and I am the founder and host of Don't Complain Activate, also known as DCA. The background behind DCA is that you don't have to be Barack Obama or Beyonce Knowles in order to activate your community. You could be a teacher, you could be a janitor, you could be an activist and lawyer like myself, or you could be proof like James Badu L. Speaking of James Badu L, we are grateful to have him as a guest today. How are you doing, Mr. Badu? Holly blessing favor. Amen. Well, we are blessed to have you. So you're familiar with Don't Complain, Activate. We want to just start off by asking, how are you activating the community? In a lot of ways. I'm activating the community by activating myself, activating my passion, activating my self-love, activating uh, the, the, the questions that I have in society and just moving in a way in which I, I manifest it through initiatives like Mm-hmm. Cleaning for change, where I know that we're productive. I, I know that we're product of our environment, so why not start cleaning the environment so that we can mm-hmm. produce greater people mm-hmm. and see ourselves? Um, I know that when you go to prison, uh, uh, it's not because you're a bad person. You might have done something, but you're still a good person. But when you get out, society doesn't see you like that. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I created the Iron Proof Award so that uh, to uplift people that's been in prison to show the community that we are a value, a great mm-hmm. value at that. And so, a lot of ways, a lot of ways, internally and externally. Phenomenal. And do you have anything coming up 2020? How, are you, how do you plan on activating the community further in the future? And so activating the community in which we're, 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 where we change the ideology from building just organizations and start focusing more on building a society, um, we, I recognize that I'm also uh, quote-unquote African-American, quote-unquote Negro in today's society, and the greatest way to uplift our people is to, is to, is to, is to start recognizing our, persi- our position in, in, in the world and start doing more for ourselves because we lean so much on other people, on other organizations, on, on, on other articles that's written about us instead of us finding the answers for ourselves and questioning things for ourselves and seeing the value in ourselves. And so that's pretty much what I'm doing right now, working to make us a people with the United Nations because that's the next step and getting out of civil rights and getting into human rights because that's what matters the most because we're getting murdered for being human. We're getting sent to prison for being human and being criminalized because we're not always criminals. And so, yeah. 
A hundred percent. And I know that you do a lot of prison reform. You do a lot of reducing violence in the community. I know that you were just at one of the community sessions that they had in St. Paul around the inner city violence that was going on. And you said something fascinating to me. You were sitting at the table with someone. And can you talk about who that was and the commentary that she made? Yes, yeah, so um, I w- we were in a circle and um, and everybody was giving introductions and uh, just pretty much talking about who you are and why you are here today. And she said she's tired of the violence and she thinks that the problem is uh, poor black people. And who is she? And so she's a federal prosecutor. You know, uh, we found that out after everybody in the group kind of scolded her about her comments and mm-hmm. she actually... Um, uh, the, it was a young black girl on the side of her who was 13 who, were, who, who was laughing at her comments, like, you know, and she caught a really big attitude with, 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 with the child and the father had to step in and say, you know, don't talk to my child like that, <laughs> you right. know? And everybody else in the group was like, yeah, you're not right. Don't talk to the child. The child can behave how she wants to. And Let's- have an opinion, you know, yeah. and... I just think it was so profound that she had the audacity and the nerve to say that. Was she a white woman? So I love that, right? Like, I believe that that should, I believe that we should do that more often Mm -hmm. so that we can actually get down to the root of everything. Because if we always hide from ourselves. That's a good point. Nothing would ever change. And so dialogues like that need to be, need to happen and it needs to happen in real time and not scripted. Because only then can we actually channel and look at and learn from ourselves, even in those moments. So, Mr. Badu, if I'm correct, are you saying that a form of activation is being honest? That is the only way to actually activate and to have an effect is, is when you're honest. You mm. know, um, uh, because honesty isn't the truth. Because mm-hmm. everybody has truth, right? The big mm-hmm. T and the little t. But it's just the, it's just the proof of whatever you are. Right. You know, and, and so we need to see the proof in the age of information. Right. You know, and so. That's phenomenal. I really appreciate that. So I know that you are very well read. Can you give us two books that have activated you? Um, yeah. Two books. I would say. The Book of You. And the book of you. Yeah. All right. Can you elaborate? Okay. Okay. So uh, the book of you is written by yourself. All books are great, and it's good to have information. But the greatest book I've ever read was when I studied my myself, my behaviors, my talk, my way of life. I journaled. I looked at my I thought about my thoughts, things like that, where I didn't allow other people's opinions to shape me, but I learned to start shaping myself and learn to start challenging my behaviors and start meditating on the things that I do and things like that. So I would say the greatest book to ever read is the book of you, because then you'll start to see how you exist inside of everybody else and how you exist inside of other things that you read and other things that you do you know just to know yourself is just the greatest thing 
And I do know that you live by that and you definitely do push people to recognize that while we can receive an education, whether it's from institutions, whether it's from other people, the greatest form of education that we are going to receive is from ourselves and learning ourselves and really diving deep into who we are, you know, and our connection to God, our creator, ourselves, because if we are made in his image, you know, then am I am I saying it correctly? Yeah, because we everything. We everything. Mm-hmm. We're all we're all together. We don't have to try to be anything. You know, we, right. we're, we're already here. We just have to embrace. Right. But you, you can't embrace something you're not looking at. Right. A hundred percent. Even if you're reading a book, you, you, you embracing outside. Right. You know, a hundred percent. So, yeah, diving into you. I know that you have lived a very interesting life. Um, I would like for you to talk a little bit about your involvement with the criminal justice system, if you would like, and any advice that you would like to give to young people growing up, not only in inner cities, but in any community, you know, what advice would you give to them? Hmm. In the inner city, you said? Well, you're from the inner city. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm from everywhere. <laughs> I guess you lived in the suburbs too. I lived everywhere. Uh, we everywhere, you know. We get pushed everywhere. Um, when you born black, you born with two strikes. Hmm. So then, when you do anything, that's your third strike. So off the top, mm. you have no room for 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 failure. So which says that you have no room to be a human. Hmm. So I would say, break all the rules until you get it right. You have to love Mr. Badu. Listen, he's talking about honesty. He is the most honest person ever. So I don't want to ask you just what advice we should give to the young people. What advice should we give to the policymakers and the mayors and the city council and the people making policies and rules that are impacting these young people's lives every day? Mind your business. Um, Mind your business because if you mind your business, in your own business and see how you exist in your own business, you'll be able to see the difference between your business and my business mm-hmm. and how your business affects my business. Mm-hmm. And so pay attention to you, focus on you, look at how you exist with the thing that you exist with. How did you, what, what is this power to you? What does that mean? Question yourself. You don't have to study us all the time. Mm. You're saying that these individuals should take a better look at themselves because if they are better people, they'll make better decisions? That's the only way. Mm. We're okay. We're just constantly affected and affected and affected. And so just, you know, mind themselves. Thank you. And Mr. Badu, I know that you have the Proof Awards and Cleaning for Change and a number of other things. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I would like for you to just briefly talk about what... I am proof is what proof awards is and how is that activating the community? So, uh, so proof, you know, I am and you are and we are, right? It's just to give us the, uh, it's just a mirror to ourselves and tell ourselves that hey, we're we're valuable. We, we we have every like Kanye West said, we have every single thing that we need, and we don't need people to make decisions for us if we know how to make decisions for ourselves. Right, and so to show people that, and to experience that, and uh, so the awards is coming up, highlighting people that's been incarcerated that have specific values mm-hmm. that other people can start looking at. Instead of paying attention to how to achieve a job, how do you achieve this quality mm. of a person? Mm. And then you'll be able to do 
whatever that quality allows you to do. Mm-hmm. And so we have to create the capabilities to to have the abilities. Right. You know, and so the Proof Awards coming up next month on the 13th, every second Friday of December. It's going to be great. The community is going to come out. Um, uh, we can, you can, we, everybody can get involved in some type of way if they want to uplift that. Um, yeah, and also people in the community, uh, five different businesses is uh, who who exhibit certain qualities that the community needs and values mm-hmm. are, are actually going to be awarded at the same time as well. So that it's and, a um, it's a it's a together thing. Right. Prison and the community is not separate. Right, it's together. We're just not in the community. Right. So, Mr. Badu, I just want to close with this question: How are you activating yourself? You talked a lot about self in the book of self. How are you activating yourself? I'm writing a book. Nice. I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book on on self, you know, and self is us, you know. So I'm writing I'm writing a book right now, making a documentary, the modern day uh miseducation miseducation of the Negro. It's called the miseducation of the Negro. And what does that look like to us today? Because we have missed. So it. say that again, missed as in M I S S E D. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Missed education of the Negro, and uh, proof is also. I want to say, uh, it's it's not an organization. It's a, it is a society, and so we're 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 not building anything other than our own form of government mm-hmm. where we can govern ourselves mm-hmm. because uh, we have the right as black people to have self determination, mm-hmm. and self determination is a human right. Um, and so, therefore, everything. So we we had the civil rights movement, and mm-hmm. now uh, that was it's been long enough. And now, so we're saying that uh, the first civil rights act of eighteen sixty six didn't work out for us. So speaking of that, the civil rights act of eighteen sixty six, you were mm-hmm. the first person that I heard talking about this lawsuit with Comcast, and now yeah. everyone is talking about it. So, do you have any words that you want to say about that? Comcast isn't wrong. Um, uh, America isn't wrong. Uh, it is, uh, it is, it is, it is lawful to do whatever is best for the nation's interests, and uh, uh, this is uh, and, and finances is best for the nation's interests if they have 1.3 or however many much money in debt. Um, I would just say to us and to to Brian uh, that uh, inclusion is is not the answer. Uh, uh, having our finances uh, tied into their finances, but their finances not tied into our finances is only going to keep having us in debt and never able to build. So I would say the next best thing is to take that billion dollars and invest in a new system just for people over here, it, just like Comcast and this nation is doing. Well, and to break it down too, I think what you're saying is very profound. Right, because I remember listening to a civil rights icon who marched with MLK and really fought the good fight in Tennessee and Mississippi. And she was saying that one step was the Montgomery bus boycott, right? And it was to get integration. She said the next step would have been to build our own bus systems, right? And so is that what I hear you saying? Yeah, so so, so the... The uh, what happened? The, let me just take it back to the uh, Civil Rights Act of eighteen sixty six. It defined our citizenship, which gave us our rights. Now, for those rights, you know, we got protection, but with protection, we also lose other rights. 
And so we have to start questioning what rights did we get rid of? And one of them is self-determination, to actually build for yourself, which is why when we started building for ourselves, we were able to get bombed, you know, which is why we get murdered, which is why those things happen. And absolutely that we have to build, we have to make our own, our own, our own bus, but more importantly than that, we need to make our own travel system where we're actually building our own roads mm. that, that can be taken from here to here. And so if we don't have that type of power, it doesn't matter if we have a bus or not because we still can't get a pass to go. And I think what you're saying is so important because it's like the further we move along, the further we move back, right? Like J. Cole said, I always go to that line where he said, the good news is you came a long way. The bad news is you went the wrong way, right? Um, And then (laughs) what did Kendrick say in that song with Nipsey Hussle? He said, Mm. we've been dealt bad bad hands. We're bad. Yeah, yeah. We've been dealt bad plans with bad hands. Yeah, and so... Bad hands with bad plans, you know? And so now it's just time for... So yeah. I just think about that and I think about what you're saying. And I just thank you for your work. I thank you for being an activator. One of the things I can say, because obviously I personally know James Badu, and one of the things, Junior, Ill. Junior, Ill, Ill Junior, and one of the things <laughs> I can say about him is he definitely thinks outside the box. He marches to the beat of his own drum and if you all want me to be honest with you all, the other person that I look up to that did that was Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't walk the walk that everyone walked. He didn't talk the talk that mm-hmm. everyone talked. And James frequently is looking into issues long before other people are. And I really do believe that he is a great mind of our time, you know, and he is human, Right. Um, And so there are a number of things that happen. And I keep saying that last question, but now I just thought about one last question. Mm -hmm. I know that you are, and I hope I'm not telling too much of your business, are involved in a case right now. Yeah, a couple, yeah. um, When it's dealing with police officers. And in Minnesota, we face some of the worst disparities in the nation. We are constantly brutalized by the police. Mm -hmm. And one of the parallels that I often see is once police brutalize somebody, they... um, file charges against that person mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. silence them and mm-hmm. to further hinder their voices from being heard. And Absolutely. so your case is not an exception, but I do think that, well, actually, um, the young lady Champagne and her brother Lee, they're taking theirs to trial as well. Mm-hmm. And so I do see a parallel, more people taking it to trial and fighting. And I just wanted to commend you. And I want to commend everyone that is fighting against the system because I know that they offer you all plea deals a lot. Mm-hmm. And I can't say what I would do if I was in a situation because I don't know. But I do believe that we need to start taking things to trial more and to fight. And I just commend you. I commend your courage, your strength, your ability to do what you believe no matter what. Mm-hmm. And to not fear this system and to really look it in its eye and to fight and to say, I'm proof. Mm-hmm. And if I go down, I'm not going to go down not swinging. Mm-hmm. And it's like Harriet said, liberty or death. And so I just salute you, <laughs> That's real. Mr. James Badu L. Jr. I, I appreciate that. And also with that, I want to say, because it'll be interesting to see how, how it go for them and what are they actually fighting and what, I'm, and what am I fighting. And so it, one part of the battle is that 
there's there's the fight that you've literally got to fight. Then the other part of the battle is just knowing mm-hmm. the fight, so right. you know how to fight. Right. And so I'm not going to trial to to try to get any pressure off. I'm going to put the pressure on and say I got the right as a human being to protect myself. A hundred percent. Right. Because now they're setting a different kind of precedence that we can take higher and higher and higher. And so there is no getting knocked down because there's no losing because there's no stopping mm-hmm. until we're all done. I love that because an unjust law is not a law at all, right? So if I could just ask you to say one time for the listeners, don't complain, activate. Don't complain, activate. Thank you, Mr. Proof. And we appreciate you and we wish you much success and prayers on your future endeavors. Grace and peace. Thank you. Grace and peace. My name is Leslie Redmond, and I have the honor and privilege of being the host and founder of the Don't Complain, Activate podcast. The idea is that you don't have to be President Barack Obama or Beyonce Knowles Carter in order to activate your community. You could be a mom or a dad, a janitor, teacher, an activist and lawyer like myself, or you could be the owner of Remix Barber and Beauty, a.k.a. Mr. Ray and Miss Shonda. How are you all doing today? We are well. Thank you very much. Good morning. Thank you all so much for joining us today. I just want to begin by asking, how are you all activating the community? Um, I would like to say that we activate the community by being present. Um, mm-hmm. We own a business. We've been in business now for 12 years together as brother and sister, as siblings. Nice. And we're here every day. Yeah. Um, our hours are Tuesday through Saturday. And if you come down this block, you'll see that we're here. Yeah. Early morning, it's early as 6 and 7 a.m. down to 8, 9, 10 p.m. at night. We're activating the community by allowing people to come and be with us and share in what we have developed as a family. Yes. yes. And we, we also, uh, we, um, we bring love to the community. Mm-hmm. We uh, unify our clients mm-hmm. and uh, we just love on them and we enjoy what we do and we just spend time just being in the service industry. Yes. And making people look beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And our, our clients become family. As mm-hmm. soon as you walk through that door, you're a family member. And we're going to love on you. We're going to touch you. We're going to hug you. We're going to kiss you and send you on your way with a very peaceful day. Nice. And I love that. And Ray, you were saying earlier, um, speaking to the point that you were saying, Shonda, about family, you have customers who will come in here and be your client for three years. They may get caught up in mass incarceration, modern day slavery, aka the prison um, criminal justice system, and you know, you still continue to build relationships with them, right? Yes, it doesn't it doesn't stop, you know, I got uh I got some uh not so well off people mm-hmm. and they're struggling and they're um you know, sometimes drug addicted. Right. Uh, they're addicted to the streets. Right. Um, and uh, I try to um, uh, motivate them. I try to mentor them. Right. And lead them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I give them options. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they do catch a bad break, um, I stick by them. Right. I'm here for them. I, I put money on books. Mm-hmm. By the time they get out, I'm still here for them. Yeah. You know, and I just try to be... Uh, just be a loving, I wouldn't want to say like a father figure, Mm -hmm. but somewhat a father figure to some of these young boys that don't have fathers. Exactly. And that's just, I feel like that's just my job and my role. Right. Yeah, I love it. I've seen a quote one time on Instagram. They said, men cheat on their girlfriend before they cheat on their barber, right? (laughs) 
And that is, it It really is a big relationship that you build. And just thinking as a black woman, our hair is so connected to who we are. And just FYI, I did get my hair locked by Shonda. And so, you know, I'm a part of the remix family. So I'm excited about that. Um, so I want to go into a little bit about, I always say my adversities have been my guide and light. And so maybe talk about an adversity that you all had to overcome. And I also want to mention that I just think it's phenomenal what you all are doing here. One, we don't teach vocational trainings anymore the way that we should. So the fact that you all are in that business is phenomenal. We have some of the worst racial disparities in the nation. So the fact that you all have been in business over a decade and are able to be successful and working together, I just think it's such a great form of activation. So I want to thank you all for that. And so is there an adversity that you all had to overcome either separately as um, or as a collective running a business? Um, I would like to say my first and foremost adversity was having to kind of be a single mom. I was married mm-hmm. with my daughter and ended up having, unfortunately, having to go through a divorce. But during that process, I reinstated my license because I was a real estate agent and when the market crashed I didn't know what to do. I've been licensed since 92 so I reinstated in 2005, went to the shop where my brother was working and they allowed me in there at that shop particular time. Worked there for a couple of years and then um, when he opened up his shop here I came over here with him. Nice. Um, It was tough because my daughter was seven. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I helped Ray with the business, mm-hmm. and we both worked really hard. Um, I was able to put my daughter through private school, get her through college right. graduation, along with the help of my mom and, and my brother through right. the process, because working here, I was doing 12, 13 hours a day. If Raydell needed to pick her up, he would go. If right. my mom needed to pick her up, she would go. So there was a, a family, you know, that whole, um, the the tribe. Yeah, I'm saying it takes a village. takes a village mm-hmm. to, to um, nurture and, and build children up strong. And so just knowing that I was able to do all that, you know, even though it was tough sometimes, it was hard, there was hard days, there was long nights, long mm-hmm. days, getting off, going home and helping her with homework, mm-hmm. um, then, then coming back again. Mm-hmm. So I'm really proud of her, I'm really proud of myself for just taking that time and really pushing through and working hard to get to where we are today. 100%. I'm proud of you too, sis. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Biggest adversity of, of me, I would say, is uh, proving that uh, I'm a uh, positive black man daily. Mm. You know, I daily have to smile. I daily have to uh, walk in a in a different light. Try to, so I don't, I'm not looked upon as the thug or a threat mm. or you know something that somebody that you got to watch at the store. Mm. You know, I have a stocky build. I'm dark skinned mm-hmm. and, and and you know it's always a you know a cringe mm. when I come in, you know. So just just portraying that I'm a positive black man and I got a business and I'm not on that mess right. is is one of the biggest adversities. You know, 100%. even even when I go to the bank, mm-hmm. you know, I'm coming to deposit. I'm not coming to rob you. You know, it's it's some of the little small things. It's like, you know, I come to spend money in the store. I'm not trying to steal something. So that's the one of the biggest things that I deal with, I feel. And then the other little stuff is just being black. I've I've dealt with so many different, you know, obstacles is that I don't even look at it anymore. Right. I just live and I I live to the best of my ability. 
and I take care of my family. I take care of my daughter. I have a little situation with my daughter where I deal with uh, me and the uh, child's mother not getting along. Mm. And um, I try to just erase that from my mind and love on my daughter. And right. Be everything she wants me to be and that I want her to have. Right. And I don't even think about it. Right. You know, she loves her daddy. Oh, I love it. This is just so beautiful. I just know the ancestors are smiling upon us just because you all are just breaking so many generational curses and stigmas that they put on the black community. And so salute to both of you. The final question is, are there three books that have activated you? And this one is important just because we want to help guide young people, you know? And so if there are three books that help to guide you and kind of anchor you all, that would be great if you could share those. Um, there's three books that did activate me. Um, and they're more self-help books, Mm -hmm. but you have to go further into the process and what they really mean for yourself. You can read a book and then I take and take different Mm -hmm. things from the book. Um, Eckhart Tolle wrote a book called A New Earth, um, Mm. Awakening, um, Your Life's Purpose. Mm -hmm. Really good, um, information on just being who you are and dealing with the situations in your life and not making everything such a negative situation. Something that might seem negative on the end might come out positive for right. you. Um, another book that I've read was um, Conversations with God. Mm-hmm. This book by um, Neil Donner Wash. It was really being raised in the church. We were raised in the church. My grandfather and grandmother. My grandfather was a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like our Blessing and our gift from him was that he started a restaurant back when I was 12, Raydell was nine, nice. and ran that for 18 years. Mm. So we have our, our entrepreneurship in our bloodstream. Love it. So it's not not an, an uh, it's not a um, accident that he and I Amen. together are yeah. running this business now for 12 years. But this particular book has um, a situation where the young man didn't understand why everything was happening to him and why things were going bad in his life. Mm. And he cried out to God Mm. and he had a real conversation with God and God explained to him that all things that you can do are all possible. Mm. You just have to know and and believe that you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, when Ray started the company, he, he was on his own. He was really by himself because I wasn't here yet. Mm -hmm. And he walked out there on faith he made mm. some decisions on his own. He he had some struggles. He had some fights, and mm-hmm. he but he just kept going forward. Right. And once he got in here, and um, I was able to come as well, we just took it and and, and skyrocketed it and, it and ran with it and moved it to a whole. <laughs> and I love that context of your grandfather, right? One faith, obviously, we know in the black community is huge, and then entrepreneurship because seeing is believing and a lot of times you can't be what you can't see right and so you definitely are just keeping the legacy alive so that's really phenomenal and Shana did you have one more book yep I do um the other book was called uh The Power by Rhonda um can't think of her last name Byron I think okay but um the movie The Secret came out probably back about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a little different. I'm a little different on the whole spiritual tip. But the book um, Power was basically kind of the laws of attraction, working together and using your mental and your mind and your body, all three parts of your mind, body, and soul, mm-hmm. to activate mm-hmm. your life, to activate your blessings, to activate what it is that you want for your life. Mm-hmm. And to stream and stay away from the negative impulses and the thoughts. The thoughts really create what it is that you want. If you're right. waking up every day and your thought is negative, you will have negative situations happen to you. If you walk in fear, you will have things happen to you because you're walking in fear. 
So right. we both, as um, siblings, I'm three years older, um, we have both walked through a lot of adversity, but have figured out how to activate, reactivate, and keep moving forward towards our goals and our plans. My, my niece is six, we've got a whole, you know, we put my daughter through and she graduated, so now I got a whole nother, you know, I love it. Yes. <laughs> we got a whole nother, yes. whole nother round of, yes. of you know, because we only have one a piece. You know, my yeah. mom said, "Have you can only have one a piece." So we had one a piece. I love it. And they're both girls, and so now wow. we're stretching and, and, and struggling and making sure that we get Lorea through the same process and have her success. shine and being successful. Just be on top. Just success. Yep. Nice. Um, the Bible is a is a book I I pull from. It, it recharges my battery a lot. Um, when I'm down, you know, I get lifted mm-hmm. and I get uh, joy and I just get, uh, you know, everything I need for the day. Right. When I'm, uh, when I'm just going through it. Um, other than that, the other book I would call is uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was mm-hmm. one. That was good. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good one. Other than that, my mind is slipping me. Okay. So, you know. No, that's that's good though. That's helpful. And you know the Bible, that's like a couple books in one. So we'll just yeah. count that for two for you. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for joining us here today. And I just think it's so important for young people to see you because a lot of the time in the media will focus in on the negative, but we don't highlight the positive. And Dr. Betty Shabazz said, find the good and praise it. And so that's really the idea behind Don't Complain, Activate is to find the good. And you two are goods in the community and are activators in the community, and we thank you. And so if we could end this episode by having you all say one time for us, Don't Complain, Activate. Don't Complain, Activate. And there you have it. Grace and peace, everyone.